Welcome to Adventures in ESL Podcast, a podcast for K-12 ESL teachers who want to learn strategies and tips for planning for their English language learners. I am Millie and I will be your host on this ESL adventure. everyone. I just want to officially welcome you to our live today where I'm going to be sharing with you very specific strategies on how you can support your language learners through close reading. So I wanted to share you with those strategies with you. I want to officially welcome you all. I am really nervous today for some reason. I haven't been live in forever. I've been in hiding these past three months. So I'm a little nervous today. So excuse me if I sound a little jittery. But welcome. I want to uh, say to you all, I know that it has been really rough for a lot of us these past couple of months, I was just thinking, and it's almost been a year, I feel like, since I've been in the classroom. Like, it'll be a year in March. Uh, So I know personally that I am really uh, missing my students. I know that I am ready to get back in the building and ready to go. A couple of things, if you do have comments or questions, um, of course, just raise your hand, drop them in the comments, let you know that I am here to support you and I want to share these strategies that I've learned this year. And of course, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, My Adventures in ESL, make sure you do that. So I want to start off with our weekly quick trainings and guides with a reflection. And one of the things that I want us to reflect on is I want you to think about this past school year. And I know some of you are probably listening to this on the go or you're just probably listening to this in passing, but I really do want to encourage every one of you all to reflect. Just take a moment and reflect. This can have a huge impact on your teaching and some of your teaching practices. So I want you to take a moment to reflect and just ask yourself, how has your lesson planning been going this first half of the school year? Like how was your lesson planning last semester? Were there any wins with your lesson planning? Were there any successes with your lesson planning? So really just wanna encourage you to reflect and think about how was your lesson planning this last semester? I know that there are many of you out there right now and you are overwhelmed with lesson planning, you are tired. I know I have those days where I just want to download something and go. (laughs) So I definitely have those days. Um, Also, I wanna just share, if you know somebody that can benefit from what I'm gonna share with you today, tag them in the comments, um, share the video, do whatever you need to do, because I am gonna drop a couple of things for you that I use in my classroom that really benefit me. So I know you all hear the buzzword close reading a lot. It is a huge buzzword in education, mainly because of Common Core. And when I first heard it, I was like, oh, just another fancy word. What kind of strategies are this? What's going on? How is this going to help my students? And I want to tell you all that I'm here to tell you that it is more than just a buzzword. 
I know that, like I said, there are many of you out there that are just confused on how you can support your language learners in the classroom. And I've learned that close reading is the biggest way to do that. Um, and you might be confused as well on what to teach and when to teach it and how to create engaging lessons. You might also be confused about, okay, how do I scaffold for my language learners? I know that close reading provides a great opportunity for me to scaffold for my language learners and provide them with additional support for them as well. Um, also, also, it also gives you an opportunity to dive deeper into what the text is about. You might not know how to include those scaffolds. You may not know how to include those supports, but with these close reading lessons, you will be able to do that. So first, I'm just gonna dive into what is close reading. And I want you to simply just look beyond the word and simply and simply saying, okay, is reading the text really, really closely? Well, it's more than that. Close reading actually allows your language learners to read the text, read the text again, and then as they're reading the text, they're coming up with new discoveries, they're coming up with conclusions. It also allows your language learners to analyze the text. It also allows them to build background knowledge. It allows them to speak, it allows them to write, it allows them to listen. And it doesn't matter what level your language learner is, if they are a newcomer or a beginner or intermediate or advanced, all levels of language learners can benefit from close reading lessons. Your language learners, I always say this, they can do this, they can do with the proper scaffolds, they can do it with the proper supports, they can engage in these lessons. And close readings are just that, they are short texts that the students read and reread to deepen their knowledge and to deepen their understanding of a topic. So I love them, like I said, they're short, they're to the point, they can be fiction, they can be nonfiction. I know in elementary school, fiction uh, close reading um, is huge. I see a lot of it out on Teacher of Hey Teacher. I personally, for me, I like doing nonfiction close reads and then supplementing those with, uh, when I'm building background knowledge, supplementing those with fiction text. I'm gonna preview and walk you through one of my close reads in a moment. So I do want to just give you a heads up on how I do that and explain how I do the close reading lessons. So for me, why did I start doing close reads? Well, I wanted to streamline my planning for one and engage my students in texts that interest them. So for my close reading lessons, I use a foundational, foundational lesson plan, like a structured lesson plan, and then I add and take away as I see the need to. So I use my close reading lesson plans in my intervention and in my ELD class, but you can use these in any of your classes as well, okay? And I know at the time, one of the reasons why I started doing it is because the curriculum was really boring and I didn't know what to do. My students weren't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. And I was also just lacking some of the structure that I needed in the classroom. Um, I remember at a conference, I saw a session about close reading and that is when the light bulb moment went off for me that I can use this strategy. And then I purchased a book on, and I will be sure to share that link in the chat, and I got to planning on it. 
Um, yeah, Andrea, yeah, I know. One of the reasons why I have been MIA, um, I don't know if I told you all this, but I have been uh, going through IVF. That's the first reason. The second reason is that I have, like many of you all, I'm virtual teaching. And so I am overwhelmed too. I am frustrated. I, <laughs> I've been in parent conferences to like 6 p.m., and I was like, okay, I just need to take a break um, to kind of gather myself and then I can come back. And so this second semester, I am going to share with you all of the things that I've learned my first semester. And this so far has been two weeks, but it's been going pretty good. But I've missed you all. That's why I was like, and I was really nervous at first. I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's been forever since I've been live on Facebook. <laughs> Um, but I will make sure to link in the chat that book about close reading, which is really great. Um, so I want to break down for you what is close reading. Um, so it's not just a buzzword. And so I'm going to break that down for you. And then I'm going to walk you through, um, one of my close reading lessons and, uh, share how you can join. If you want to join, I hope you all do. It benefit benefits, especially if you teach grades four through 12. And um, also how you can get access if you just want to check some of them out. They're also on Teacher Pay Teacher if you want to check them out. Um, so the first thing about close reading is that the first part um, is that you have to understand what is the close reading and the steps to it. The first read you should do with your language learners, basically determine what the text says. So it's what the text is about. What's the theme of the story? What was the character like, you know, in the story? So these are the kind of things that you're asking your students. That's the first reading. And guess what? You can do that with fiction or you can do it with nonfiction, like either or. Like I said, in elementary school, in the earlier grades, I see a lot of close reads uh, with fiction text. Um, the second read, you are going to figure out how the text works. Um, you know, what, what is a word in the text? This is a great example to really tackle that vocabulary in the text. It's a really great example of how to do figurative language in the text. It's also talking about what is the author's purpose for this? Okay. What is the author's purpose? Um, that is a great question, Gina, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Yes, it does work. <laughs> um, and, uh, and Gina, I'll be make sure to give you some specific examples of how to use it with newcomers as well. But, um, and the third read is that where you analyze and you compare. I like doing a third read. I love doing a third read where the students make text-to-text -text connections, where they make text-to-world connections. It is also where they're saying, how do the illustrations work? It is really where they're going deeper, where they're comparing and they're contrasting, where they're citing more textual evidence. So I love them. I love using them. I love using them for my newcomers. I do use them for my newcomers. I actually, um, my newcomers are doing the one that um, on finishing up New Year's that I have as well. Um, so the next step is how did I apply this to my language learners? And this question is coming up a lot, okay? Because a lot of teachers say, oh, this is not going to work for my students. Yes, it, it will definitely work. Now, I'm going to be honest. It might take a little longer. That's okay if it takes you a little longer. Um, I, I think I did a recent podcast about pacing or I'm about to do a podcast about pacing where I talk about it, 
it sometimes it just takes me longer in my lessons and that's okay if it takes me longer in my lessons you know and me comparing myself to other teachers but I will be talking about that on one of my uh, upcoming um, Facebook lives and clubhouse lives as well um, so I when I do my close reads and I'm going to switch over to the screen very very shortly to show you walk you through how I do it but when I do my close reads I do them based on all uh, four language domains. And that's a big difference. Like I know a lot of teachers, ELA teachers just focus on like the reading part. But when I start creating them for language learners, I just, I include all four language domains. So reading, writing, speaking, and listening. All four of those language domains are tackled in the close reads when I do the lesson. Plus, um, they meet the requirements of the close reads because I include the listening and the reading and the writing in there as well. And so all you have to do, what I'm going to do really quickly is just walk you through how it looks. So give me one moment. I kind of feel like should be able to see it shortly. I'm going to just make my screen a little smaller. I hope <laughs> you all can see it. Um, if you can see this in the chat where it says language objectives, can somebody just tell me in the chat? Can they see it? It looks kind of weird for me. Um, I want to make sure that I am showing it, um, but for some reason, let's see, Adobe, not yet, thank you, <laughs> I swear this feels like, um, in the class, <laughs> I just, can, can you all hear me yet, can you see my screen yet, um, this is the PowerPoint. Let me just switch over to my PowerPoint. And, um, nope, current application. I don't want to share my entire screen. I just want to do the current application. Okay, just my screensaver. Now me, let me see if I can go back. Oh, gosh, Adobe. Get Ecamm. Current application, and I think I know why. Hold on a second. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Thank you all. I had to hit the escape button. <laughs> Thank you all. Um, yeah, so let me. <laughs> so here is, I'm breaking down like how I do the, pro the product because a lot of you all sent a message and I talk about the product. And I want to make sure I do a breakdown with you what it looks like. I'm actually have a Facebook group. I'm going to start in a Facebook group every month um, going live and sharing like some ways that you can tweak the lessons, how you can adjust it, um, give you some specific strategies. I've already had some teachers just tell me, I think it was one. I hope she's on here. I want to call her out. But she sent the email and she said that, hey, I've, I've turned this into a, a complete Nearpod interactive lesson like it's just so many ways that you can tweak it or you can just use the foundational lesson plans so first things first I include um, sample language objectives in here like just basic sample language objectives that you can use in your classroom you can tweak it you can just simply add at the bottom so if you're kind of like my school district we require that we have language objectives and content objectives and now that we have to have actually annotated um, objectives as well so this is a great way 
uh, where you can just tweak it, adjust it. I like to keep it simple and basic so you can use it how you want to use it. So included in this are just sample language objectives that you can use in your classroom. And as you can see, I give them for all four domains. All you really have to do in the end is just add the text name or like I said, just tweak it however you want to tweak it. And that's already there for you as well. The next thing is, and I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into this, but building background knowledge. Building background knowledge is huge. Now, usually with close reads, this is where I kind of veer off on my own little path and do something different. <laughs> but usually with close reads, it's like a cold read. The kids just jump in and start reading. Um, uh, that I don't do. <laughs> I do, I build background beforehand. I think that's a very important part of the lesson and how this one benefits all students, especially newcomers. Um, you can take a day to build their background knowledge. You can take a week to do it. It really just depends on what you feel comfortable with your class. One of the ways that I do this, and I've been doing this virtually, and I continue to do it when I go back to school, as I am going to actually um, use Get Epic. Um, it's a free library for teachers and for students. You can just click, included in here are some examples of books that you can have on Get Epic. You can read aloud the book to the students, and this is a great way to do, back, do background knowledge. And um, I know some people are in high school that are watching this. I don't, I read picture books to my middle schoolers. I've said this before over and over again. They love it. As long as the topics are mature enough, <laughs> they love picture books and they love listening to me read. And Get Epic is an amazing, amazing resources. A support on Get Epic, and Andrea may notice too because she said that she loves it too, is that it actually, some books are actually read aloud to the students. And they have tons of graphic organizers, not graphic organizers, graphic novels on there for students as well. But the first part of my close read lesson, I take about anywhere between one to three days where I'm building background knowledge. While I'm building background knowledge, I am modeling a reading strategy that can be compare and contrast, that can be making inferences, but I am taking the time to build background knowledge. With my advanced students, I may not take as long, but with my newcomers, I may take up to a week. I may read two of these books, practice some reading strategies with them, print out a reading strategy graphic organizer with it as well. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's so much you can do, or you can keep it simple. You can just read one book to them on one day, and I do detail that in the lesson plans for you and the strategies that you wanna do. It just really depends. But this lesson is about Martin Luther King, so I am gonna be including books on the Civil Rights Movement, uh, picture books about Martin Luther King. You can even include YouTube videos. Like I said, it's, it's a lot that you can do with these lessons to make it your own. Um, so included in the lessons, like I said, I give you a foundational lesson plan that you can copy, use it word from word, or you can tweak it and add things to it as you see fit. One of the things that uh, people ask me is that, do you do this same lesson plan every month? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. <laughs> every two weeks, this is pretty much the same lesson plan that I do. Why? It saves me time planning, so I don't have to spend hours and hours planning. I use this as a foundation of my lesson plans. Um, the students, it creates structure in my classroom, so the students know what to expect in my lessons. And it gives me the freedom to add and take away things. As you can see on lesson one, I keep this as my foundation, my basics. 
And then if I want to add a video, I can add a video. If I want to do an additional book, I can do an additional book. But in these close read lettuce lessons, you are going to see every month, you're going to have, I'm not going to be switching it up and creating some overwhelming, elaborate lesson plans for you. I'm going to just give you this basic structured lesson plan that you have every month and you add it, you take away, you adjust it how you see fit. Or it's nothing wrong, I do this in my intervention, it's nothing wrong with just doing the same thing. <laughs> the students know and you can make it your own. Um, so a lot of people are like, oh, are you going to do something this Latin? No, no, I'm just going to keep it this way, keep it simple for you, keep it you know, streamlined and you adjust it. And I'm already seeing this with a lot of the students that are in the program or that have been purchasing these on my teacher pay teacher store. A lot of them say, hey, I use the lesson plans foundation and I create my own PowerPoints from it. Or, hey, I've just been doing this step by step and I'm just taking a little longer on these activities. So I encourage you just a side tip, just create a foundation for your lesson plans and then adjust and tweak as you need to. So you can see there are, um, there are about two weeks worth of lessons. Um, I don't know if Monica's watching, but shout out to Monica. She was, uh, she was mentioning that, Hey, she emailed me. She said, it's just taking me longer. And I'm like, it's okay if it takes you longer. I'm gonna be completely honest, this can probably take you, depending on your students, three weeks to do if you add things into it. Um, like on the last day, for example, I put some ideas of extension activities that you can do. Um, these are things the students love. You can create a pix tune, you can create a trivia, the students can do a commercial, they can create their own comic book. I mean, it's just a lot of things that you can do and you can tweak to your lesson. So just putting that out there. Um, so somebody was asking, I think it was Aaron, um, about, is this for newcomers? So I'm going to, um, go over that. Yes, it is. So one of the things that I do in the opening activities, you have a KWL chart. So things to kind of get them engaged in the activities. They have a fees graphic organizer. I love using this with informational text as well. And um, let me go to the text. So yes, it is. So first thing you have vocabulary words. These are suggested vocabulary words that I'm giving out to you, but there's a blank template where you can add um, your own vocabulary if you want to. The second thing is, is that a side note, I always take the vocabulary words and make it into a fun game, like a Kahoot game or something really, really simple that you can use. And so you can do that as well. So it's up to you. So this is how I do it for my newcomers. It's already differentiated text. So I like making it very subtle. So at the bottom, you see that this is three. So that this is advanced. Um, then over here, you see this two, this like in the middle. And then right here, you see that there is one. So that would be for your newcomers. So you can do for your newcomers, let's just say, you know, you have a newcomer and you all just want to focus on this paragraph for today. Who's to say you can't do that? And then on Tuesday, you focus on this paragraph <laughs> and you just spread it out throughout the week um, with your newcomers. I usually do about one paragraph a day for them, depending on how complex it is. Um, but that's something you can definitely do with your newcomers. And then there are additional scaffolds in place. So you will have the 
first read, you want to check for comprehension behind it. So you have the questions behind it. And then behind the questions, I'm trying to scroll down. Um, each read has a set of questions and then you have sentence frames to accompany it. So that is another support for your newcomers you can put in the sentence frames. Um, I used to include a word bank and, and some people didn't like the word bank. I, it would be great for those people that are in the club right now. I'll ask them, do they think it would be beneficial from the word bank? But for some of the people on my teacher pay teacher store, they really didn't like the word bank. <laughs> um, so I'll start getting some feedback from you all if you want a word bank. But I include, as a, in my own personal classroom, I include a word bank for my newcomers. I include the sentence frames and sometimes I include a word bank. Um, so, but some feedback was saying that they, they really didn't like the word bank. <laughs> and then I also include a presentation. Of course, there are more scaffolds and more support. They write out their paragraph. And of course, they have the feedback on it as well. And um, another activity they have is a quick write. So I just wanted to walk through with you all like what I do with those. I personally um, love, 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 um, close reading. It is just such a fun activity that I use with my students and I love it. Now, like I said, I am at first, you know, people were sending me requests like, oh, can you make a close read for this? Can you make a close read for that? And then also teachers were saying, oh, they need lessons. They need lessons. So right now what I'm doing is every month I am creating close read lessons to put in the close read club. It's nine dollars a month that was another thing big piece of feedback is it needs to be affordable so in my store you can get it for eight each one for eight dollars but for nine dollars a month you will get access to all of them so right now i'm in the process of building out these lessons so that's why it's super cheap right now so i want you to join now while i'm building out these lessons getting feedback um one educator she said hey Millicent, you didn't include the listening script. And I was like, oh, the listening script. So things like that I'm adding into the program. I would love for you to join. I want you to be a part of it. Like I said, it's easy. Um, you can just download them. You can just go as well. And I love them in the classroom. And even if you don't join the program, create your own close reads for your, <laughs> for your teacher, for your classroom. You can create your own too. You know, I know for me, um, I personally like just, for my one of my classes, printing and going. Um, that's my intervention in my ELV class. Um, Lisa, if you go to the Close Free Club, I think it's right here, you can join there um, as well if you want to. And like I said, I gave you an overview here today so you can create your own um, Close Reads too. I would love for you to be in the club. I would love your feedback if possible. But yeah, definitely join um, and let me know if you all have any questions. Um, Andrea was saying about Get Epic. Um, Get Epic is great. Speaking of close reads, your students can go to Get Epic. You can pick a book on Get Epic for a close read. On Get Epic, and maybe Andrea can help me out. I'm pretty sure they have annotation tools where you can highlight on Get Epic as well. Um, and you can do a close read on Get Epic. I mean, use them in your classroom. They are super easy to use. They're fun. They're structured. You don't have to constantly reinvent the wheel every single week with a close read. Um, so try it out. Try it out. Um, I am really happy to be back with you all. I will be back next week. So this is like um, a double session recording my podcast and um, 
and being here with you all each week. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to check the annotation, you all. I'm thinking you can't annotate. I think they can highlight on there. Um, the only thing about Get Epic, they used to where you can do it where um, you can they can do it after school, but they can only use it during school hours for free. And I think after school, they have to pay now. It used to be where you can just do it for free after school. Um, so I am happy to be here with you all. Um, just drop in the comments if you all have used Close Threes before. I will link the book. Like if you want to create your own, I have a book. Uh, I didn't write it, but a book that I read and I reference a lot when I'm creating mine. And it's a great resource if you want to create your own. Um, once again, thank you all so, so much for being here. And I will see you all next week. Bye. Thank you for joining me this week on Adventures in ESL. Make sure to visit my website, myadventuresinesl.com, for some freebies and special gifts. You can also subscribe to the show so you will never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I appreciate it if you provide a rating on iTunes so more ESL teachers can learn strategies and tips. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and remember to stay positive and always have high expectations for your English language learners. See you soon.